Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! You bet one one bone to win 19. I'm just, where, what site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? I, they let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally, like he dropped Superman down like the drain. Comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City. Part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Good evening, sports fans, and a pleasure to have you here for the big football show. We're back for football picks this year as we welcome you from the Dave in the City studios at the home of champions, including a defending champion, Los Angeles Dodgers Southern California. The Dodgers have climbed to within a half a game of the Giants. It felt like it was a good opportunity all the way. I, I, felt, I felt good about it the whole way. At the All-Star break, I'm like, they can do this. And they're here. We'll see if they can keep going tonight against the Braves at 10 o'clock Eastern time as we as we do our program here uh, live to you on YouTube. We hope, we're glad to have you here tuning in with us. If you have any comments during the course of the program, go ahead and type it in the chat on YouTube. And I keep—I was going to say right question followed by the question itself, but there's no questions tonight. We're just going to do some football picks. So, yeah, Andy's here. John is here. Ron will send his picks via the text. We'll work out the guest picks in a little bit. Um, I did reach out to O'Reilly. We'll see what, how, what, what what we get there, but those will be written. Um, so, week zero already in the book, so believe it or not, already a lot of juice before the season even started. So, this it's our favorite time of the year here on the program. And uh, a lot of great games and what's going to be an extremely juicy week number one. So without further ado, let's hit it! <laughs> Football Picks Week 1. Welcome back, everybody. It's good to see you all. And we're all going to do it do it against the spread as we always do. And this time we're going to have a normal format again. We were on a weird schedule last time. So I'll sh- we'll quickly give you the standings from last year. Um, and I... Unbelievably, I was looking at this yesterday. Like, I can't like that was me at the top, but yeah, I won. I won the thing at with 60 points at 29, 23, and two. Ron came in second place at 29, 24, and one. John was in third place at 29, 24, and one, tied with Ron at 59 points. And Andy was in last, 23, 29, and two. The guest pickers last year went 22, 31, and one for 45 points. And this format this year. Very simple. So we do two picks for each sport every week, um, and we'll have one, two picks because we'll have a full college slate for more, for all intents and purposes. And uh, it should be a good time. I, I think we're gonna have a lot of fun going, doing the regular swing of things. We have fans back in the stands. It's gonna be awesome. So um, let's introduce our panel again. So good to see both these fellas back. And uh, we'll start with our friend right here on the right side of your screen, Andy in Seattle. How's it going tonight, Andy? Good, you know, not to sound like Mike, if you're not first, you're last. So we're all last except for you. No, I, I got a rebound. At least we beat the guest picks. But uh <laughs> That's right, right. No, it's good to be good to be back. I listened to um all you guys on the when you guys did the college football preview, both episodes got me so psyched. Uh I know Tommy makes fun of you guys for spending quote unquote too much time on the on the non power five conferences. I thought I, the more the more time focused on the uh, AAC and the Mountain West and the Sun Belt, the better. Um, I think I said this off the air. Usually, I kind of 
kind of get depressed at the end of the summer, um, you know, when preseason NFL is going on and we're doing these previews, but because, uh, you know, it means the end of the summer and the days are getting shorter. But in this instance, because last year was such a weird pigskin year with no fans and uh, Big Ten starting this state and the SEC starting on this state, I'm I'm ready for uh, as close to a normal season as possible with fans in the building starting right away and a regular NFL season for the most part um, with full stadiums and um, let's let's see what happens. I already had some fun last week uh, with week zero and now uh, you know rubber meets road. So here we go. I'm ready and and it was a it was surprise. There was a lot to talk about with week zero, even though it was kind of. Uh... It was kind of ugly, but let's introduce John to the program first. John, good to have you back. How's it going tonight? What's going on, Dave? Thanks for having us back. And good to see you as well. Yeah, week zero. Let's not talk about the UConn Huskies. How about that? What a disgraceful <laughs> performance out of them. My goodness. Two years, and that's what you come up with? I mean, put a new play in your freaking playbook after two years, but... Um, any of that, we nailed UTEP. We gave that to you guys here on the preview show. If you listened uh, a few weeks back, so we'll pat ourselves on the back while we can before the before we have some losers. Um, but yeah, the, I could not echo Andy's sentiments even more. Um, great to have a, just a normal season back, uh, normal for the most part. And I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll do some uh, hiccups along the way, but um, you know, can't wait to get it all started this weekend. Five full days of of college football and. Uh, Cannot be more excited for it. Me neither. And it starts right away. I mean, we got games tomorrow. I think there was a pretty key one between, I think that's like Boise State and UCF. That's going to be an awesome game. Like, it'll be a good one. And we'll go into Friday. And then I think either tomorrow or Friday, you're going to have, uh, they're going to have Wisconsin versus Penn State. So that's going to be great. A lot to talk about. So, interestingly enough, we do have a last week's action to talk about because we can talk about week zero. So let's get into that. As we uh, as we look into what happened, um, I think the biggest story is that Scott Frost is now completely on the hot seat because that was a brutal loss to Illinois. I mean, Illinois lost their starting quarterback, and, and that, there's just no coming back from that. Losing a game, getting out coached in the second half completely, that was rough. And, um, John, we can stay on you. Like, what, what were your thoughts about Week Zero action? And UCLA was great, too, and you mentioned UTEP and you mentioned UConn. Um, what were your thoughts from, from last week's action? Yeah, that was as bad as it gets for Frost in Nebraska. Um, you know, and really, I mean, they kind of gave it away. There was a bunch of – they had some turnovers, just some penalties, just a lot of mistakes. I mean, obviously Illinois played well enough to win, but Nebraska has to be kicking themselves for that game, um, especially after Peters goes out. And the quarterback that came in, Sikowski, if you remember him from playing at Rutgers the past couple of years, he, he was just awful with them. And, um, you know, he looked pretty good on Saturday, that's for sure. So just a, a very, very bad loss for Frost in Nebraska. And we'll, we'll see where they go from here. I mean, they're not firing him in the middle of the season. At least I don't, I don't think they will. I mean, they don't seem like the kind of program to, to operate in that, in that way. But, um, I mean, if they, if they lose to – I think they're playing an FCS team this weekend. If they lose to that team, I think he could be in trouble. And certainly, I mean, they play at Oklahoma. That's going to be a bloodbath that game for sure. Um, so yeah, uh, UCLA looked very, very good. We kind of mentioned them as a, maybe a trendy sleeper team on the preview show and 
you know, again, it, it's Hawaii and, you know, they, they did what they had to do, but it was very impressive. I mean, their running attack was uh, just phenomenal. Uh, DTR, you know, made plays when he had to, and, and their defense looked great too. That was kind of the problem last year was they just couldn't stop anybody and there's all these shootouts, but um, it looked good against the Hawaii kind of, I don't even know if they do a run and shoot anymore, whatever Todd Graham has going there. It wasn't great in the first game. That's for sure. But I mean, they have some good, Hawaii has some good offensive players. Cordero, we mentioned him and uh, Calvin Turner, one of their, um, he's kind of like a wide receiver running back combo. He's a, he's a really, really good player. So, and they completely shut Hawaii down and um, really gives them a leg up heading into the game against LSU this, this weekend, because to actually have that experience and have a game under your belt is, is huge. So um, I think they're going to kind of maybe be a trendy pick this week to upset LSU. Uh, I think the spread is three. So we'll, we'll see about that. I don't, I don't think that'll be one of my official picks, but I think we might have to dabble with that with that wager when the time comes. Um, yeah, the other games, there's not much to say. I, I just mentioned UConn. You know, they can just they can just get lost. Um, just <laughs> horrific. I had I had low expectations to begin with, and they couldn't even pass my low expectations. They didn't even make it to the goddamn 20 yard line. Like, come on. <laughs> just, you don't play a game for two years. You can't even get to the red zone. They just, ugh, I'm just disgusted. Um, so, you know, we don't, we don't even need to mention them the rest of the year until, until I, you know, can make some, make some picks against them. Um, and then the, uh, the UTEP New Mexico state game. I, I wish UConn was playing New Mexico state. That'd be a hell of a game uh, to see who's the worst team in the country. I, I guess maybe we could throw UMass or, Bowling Green or Akron in that mix too, but um, for my money, UConn and UTEP is pretty bad. And uh, I'm sorry, UConn and New Mexico State—they they proved to be just as bad as we thought they were. Um, so, so that UTEP—that was—that was—I hate to say free money. Nothing's ever free, but I mean, you could you could you could tell from the start that was that was going to be a good pick. Um, and then the one other game was San Jose State. They took care of business against uh, Southern Utah. Uh, Nick Starkle played great. Continued his his play from last season and um they have an interesting matchup against your usc trojans this weekend dave yep. and uh i don't know i saw the spread for that one is two touchdowns i don't know i'm kind of kind of liking the spartans with, with those points but uh we'll, oh. we'll we'll see about that so i would too um yeah definitely <laughs> it was a you know, it wasn't an amazing slate of games but it's exactly what you wanted you wanted to have some football back on your tv and to yeah put a few bets in and just feel that kind of sense of back to a normal season which which you got so it yep. week zero exactly did its purpose and um you know bigger and better things are ahead but it, it was a good saturday i agree and it, it it was it was nice to get the look and feel back like it was definitely you don't have cutouts in the stands this time you had people in the stands and it looked like most of the teams were there and most of them were mostly healthy so it's a pretty good spot so andy we we turn to you now and let's get your thoughts on on the week zero action and uh, what it gave us, it's like a little bit of an appetizer for all of us. That's exactly what I was going to say, just a little appetizer for what what's uh, coming up the pipeline. Uh, just to yeah, piggyback on some of what uh, John has already said, uh, you know, the, that Nebraska-Illinois game, just by default, was kind of like a, a showcase game because there was really nothing else on. And, man, if, the – the worst possible time for Scott Frost to just kind of lay an egg. And, you know, sometimes you know, grass is always greener and, you know, the, the whole like lure of going back to Lincoln, you know, very strong, you know, he was 
you know, the golden boy there with Lauren Phillips back in the nineties, but he had a good thing going at central Florida. I mean, obviously UCF is kind of depicted as a, a stepping stone. You know, people aren't going to stay there forever. And when your old school comes calling, you're going to go, but I mean, that's, that fall from grace. I mean, that is Lang. That is, that, that is just a sharp fall from, you know, Lang the Lou and uh, you know, Nebraska and Tennessee are just kind of like second cousins at this point where their programs are, you know, everything is built on the past and their fan base kind of thinks that they should be at the same level as what they were back in the day. And arguably at this point, you know, Tennessee might be in a better spot than Nebraska. Uh, I know it's just one game, but I think his record is like nine and 18 since he's been there. It's not good. And, uh, you know, last year he was kind of pounding his chest being like, we'll play any team anywhere. You know, when the big, big 10 commissioner was going to like cancel the season and Nebraska was like, no, we want to play. We'll play all anywhere. And, issues and as john said that uh when illinois quarterback got hurt the guy from michigan and the rutger guy came in like this guy stuki that we all follow on twitter he like lives and breathes football college football like every day of the year he like he posted the rutger his rutger stats and i'm like oh well illinois is done scoring points and moving the ball downfield now if this guy's coming in and yeah he looked better than the michigan guy um so who knows, maybe just needed a, a new scenery or uh, Brett Belima has turned him into a confident quarterback, whatever. But that game was just uh, a total eyesore for Nebraska. And if you're an Illinois fan, you're like, ooh, Belima might be better than the Lovey Smith era. Um, I saw about like 10 minutes of that UCLA uh, Hawaii game. Um, Todd Graham, I don't know what he was doing. Uh, in spring and summer practice because they didn't look very good. I mean, the quarterback threw uh, a couple – he threw a really bad pick. I don't know if it was his fault early in the game. But, yeah, they fell behind. It was like 17 nothing, like 10 minutes into the game. And at that point, I'm like, well, I, I think that's a loser. Uh, Fresno State-UConn, I watched a lot of that game. It was hot at the, at the Fresno Stadium. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. Were, they were, like, taking the temperature of, like, the field pellets – and um, I don't know what to say about UConn, but that they might, you know, they might be in for a long year. Uh, don't really know how to gauge Fresno. Like they, they were giving 27 last week and now they're getting 20 against Oregon this week. So who knows there, uh, as Ron mentioned in the program a couple of weeks ago, that quarterbacks from, he used to play at UW, but he transferred cause he didn't want to compete. Uh, with Jacob Eason. So, um, you know, Fresno State, they, they were talking about that receiver, Rivers. I think he's pretty good. So, who knows? Again, I didn't watch too much. I watched, it, like, all that first half, but then kind of moved on to something else. Uh, San Jose State watched a little bit of that game. Uh, we were kind of nervous that they might not cover. Uh, John mentioned we were texting, like, you know, they might rest their starters for USC next week. Uh, but they did just enough to cover against Southern Utah. And then the game that wasn't on uh, until we found like a stream and it should have been on was that, yeah, that UTEP New Mexico state game. And I think everybody just piggybacked off uh, anyone that listened to your program two weeks ago, better have 
paid attention and taken UTEP. Yep. Uh, yep. Oh my goodness, New Mexico State. Uh, they could be in for just a well. It's just one game to overreact, but my gosh, they stunk. They play Hawaii twice this year. They got kind of a kooky schedule being independent. Uh, they play Alabama. They play UMass to end the year. Um, man, that team is just, whew, they were bad. But all in all, it was a entertaining week zero. And like you said, Dave, just a, just a nice little appetizer for uh, what's coming up this weekend starting tomorrow. Yeah, it's all we're going to get the ball rolling really, really quickly here. So let's give you a look at what's coming up over the weekend. It is a great amount of featured games. What a way to kick off the season. I'll show you here. Um, yeah, it's, let's see. Yes, it starts, as we mentioned, tomorrow, Boise State versus Central Florida. Now, Boise State now has um, – well, both teams have new coaches, but UCF is a particularly notable new coach, which we covered in our preview – Gus Malzahn, the longtime coach of Auburn. Well, he is no more. Now he's in Central Florida. So it's a big contest. I, I think I got – I got you know, my friend Get Your Own Show mentioned that this is basically a playoff for a New Year's Six, which I think it is. I think it is. So you got Penn State, Wisconsin, Bama versus Miami, Indiana, Iowa, which I actually find very interesting. I, I, I like Iowa a pretty good amount this year. But Indiana, people are talking them up too. Louisiana versus Texas, Georgia, Clemson. LSU UCLA, that's probably the the show in terms of like the I think Georgia Clemson is the showcase game clearly, but the idea that two big name two big name brands like LSU and UCLA are playing at the same time that's really interesting to me so that would be a useful time to have two TV screens, uh, and then you got Sunday with Notre Dame and Florida State so um, let's go back to John and I do want to get your thoughts about uh, I do want to get your thoughts about. The, about the games coming up this week. Now, we, we have our picks, too, so um, you can recuse yourself from covering those games. But, uh, but as far as what's happening for this week's action, we'd love to hear your, your thoughts. Yeah, pretty good schedule of games we have for the opening week. Um, and, yeah, tomorrow it starts off pretty well. Boise State, UCF. Um, I wouldn't say the – obviously the, the winner is going to have a leg up on the group of five spot but i you would i think we would all agree cincinnati is the favorite for that right now until they lose considering they're ranked number eight in the country um i don't know what scenario would happen if cincinnati somehow made the playoff if they would take another like the next team for like a group of five spot or cincinnati making the playoff would be considered like that's their spot but um obviously cross that bridge if it ever happened which is unlikely but in any event, yeah, that's a really interesting game tomorrow night. Two new coaches, as you mentioned. We kind of discussed each team on our preview show. Um, you know, UCF is used to that just, like, quick offense snapping the ball with, like, 28 seconds on the play clock. Well, that's not Gus Malzahn's offense. I mean, he's going to kind of methodically try to run the ball down the field, and we'll see if he he's going to stick to that formula here at UCF or if um, his offensive coordinator is going to, kind of do more of the um the fast-paced offense so we'll see how that shakes out tomorrow i mean their quarterback dylan gabriel he's a very good player so um we'll, and you know they're loaded on offense with talent so um you know their problem last year was their defense just because they were playing so fast it's just their defense was always on the field and then they just were injured and it just wasn't very good so we'll see if they can improve in that area and obviously boise with a new coach 
um, Avalos, who comes back there after a stint at Oregon. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see um, with them. Um, you know, Bachmeyer returns at quarterback. I, I really didn't like the – I mean, they were just kind of steady the past, like, three or four years under Harson. so I don't think it get really any worse. But I don't know. Th- this is a tough game to pick. I, I would like to – make a bet with this game on the spread, but I just can't get a read on either of these teams at the moment. So I think we're just going to kind of hit, just kind of watch this one from the sidelines and see how it goes. Um, but yeah, definitely a great game to watch for sure uh, tomorrow night. Um, the only other game, I guess, to note tomorrow night, Ohio State is playing, so we'll, we'll see how they look um, with uh, with their new quarterback taking over. Uh, and, you know, the, the other games, not too much of a, you know, uh, we're not no other marquee matchups. I mean, there's a few games that might want to place a wager on, but uh, nothing to, to mention really here on, on the show in terms of the marquee game. Um, and then, you know, we had some games Friday night. You have North Carolina playing at Virginia Tech. So that should be an interesting game. We'll see if uh, North Carolina can start to live up to, to their hype into the season. It's always a tough trip playing at Virginia Tech. I know we definitely talked about Fuentes being on the hot seat heading into the season, but it's definitely a tough game. Uh, to start off and it it's interesting i remember in previous years like the sec would kind of put um some conference games like either in week one or two and you know you would save some of the non-conference games for later in the season when you're starting to see the acc doing that now you have the big 10 with two ranked games this weekend as you had on the screen dave um with wisconsin and penn state and indiana and iowa you know we're usually you know in the past they'd be playing like a max school this weekend and getting a win well instead you know you play a ranked team in your conference and then kind of boost you up the rankings for, for later on. Um, and then when that non-conference opponent comes, well, you win and you, you know, you're not going to drop as opposed to when the other teams are playing conference play. But um, yeah, I don't really have any too many thoughts on those big 10 games. Again, like it, it's hard to kind of gauge conference play here early in the season. Um, I do, you know, everyone is, I've seen a lot of people on Iowa, I'm sorry, uh, Indiana is like kind of a, a sleeper team for this season. Um, to, to make some noise in the Big Ten. I mean, they're definitely well-coached. Uh, Penix returns um, to, to at quarterback, but we'll see about his health. He really hasn't been able to stay healthy all throughout his career. Um, and, you know, Iowa's always a well-coached kind of tough team. So, um, you know, that, that'll, that's definitely a toss-up game. I would not want to, 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 to pick that one for sure. Um, yeah, the, the two games that you have listed there at night, very interesting matchups between Georgia and Clemson. And LSU and UCLA, we, we just kind of mentioned UCLA is an up-and-coming team. We'll see what the status of LSU is after losing their quarterback for the season. Um, you know, and you have to me- take into account what they've just gone through with the hurricane just ravaging their area. I mean, I, I read that they, like, took a, a like a 10-hour bus trip to get to somewhere in Texas to fly to, to this game. So, you know, their minds might not be completely uh, on football at, at this point. And – you know, let's be honest. It was a, it was a down year last year for them uh, for a variety of reasons. I mean, yeah. a lot of teams it's you know, um, a lot of teams had a down year and it was just a, a strange season. So we're not going to read too much into it, but um, I would I would say they're I would say they're very ripe for an upset here by UCLA. That, that's what I would that's yeah. what I would say. Um, and then the Georgia Clemson matchup, obviously, you know, the, the winner of this game is in, in you know, even the loser of this game. I mean, they they were to win out or say Georgia lost this game and then won the SEC. I mean, they're still going to be in the college football playoffs. So it, it kind of took a hit where Georgia had lost some defensive players, I saw, uh, to some injuries that will not be here 
Um, but JT Daniels is still playing, obviously, for Georgia. And then on the other side, you have uh, DJ taking over for Trevor Lawrence. Um, so, you know, this should be a fantastic matchup uh, as, as we close out the, the, the Saturday night. Again, like, I'm trying to stay away from, like, the high-profile games in terms of the picks. I think I like some of the other ones much better. So I'm just kind of going to be watching some of these um, ranked versus ranked matchups. I do like UCLA. I will say that. I'm probably going to be in on that for the plus three or the money line or whatever it is. But some of these other games I'm probably just going to stay away from. And then you have on their uh, Sunday night, yeah, so Notre Dame at Florida State. Uh, Jack Cohn taking over at quarterback, the former uh, transfers in from Wisconsin, and kind of how we talked about on our preview show, like not really seeing him as like kind of an explosive passer and um, certainly kind of not what Ian Book brought to the table. He's kind of more in the game manager mold. Um, so, you know, Notre Dame is still going to have uh, a pretty good line and, you know, they're going to have some some players to work with on offense. But I don't know if it's there's going to be a there's going to be kind of a drop off there from Ian Book to Cone. And, you know, you're playing a Florida State team that I think could take a definitely take a, a, a second year leap under Norvell this year. And um, I did not see if Mackenzie Milton is going to start this game. I have to look into that. But. I definitely think Florida State plus seven and a half is worth a worth a look here. Um, that would that would be my lean on this game. I think that'll especially with like you know it's going to be probably going to be a sold out stadium. Like you're really going to feel the effects of the crowd. I think for this game, on like the standalone game on a Sunday night. Um, I, yeah, I, I definitely think Florida State plus seven and a half is is worth is worth a look. So uh, that's kind of the brief rundown of the of the marquee games. Um, you know, obviously we'll have a few more here in our picks, but I think for the most part, going to be staying away from those ranked versus ranked matchups in week one, just because you don't, it, they're just very evenly matched and you, and you can't really, can't really gauge it, kind of just scope it out for the, for the first week and then, and then go from there. But definitely a great week one schedule. And I must say, I, I missed having all like these non-conference games last year. That was definitely a, um, a, a huge detriment to that season, in my opinion, and then uh, good to have them back for sure. Yeah, that's a good point about the non-conference action. We we were we were taken out of it because of COVID and other rest- and travel restrictions and things like that. So, um, very good point. Now, Andy, well, I'd like to give it to you for some for anything else you'd like to add. And in particular, I'm wondering if you had some thoughts on the on the Alabama Miami matchup. It, this could be a pretty interesting scenario for for both of those programs because you're talking about some new a new quarterback. And I don't I think. Derek King's back, but I think, but on the Bama side, we we know there's going to be a different quarterback. So anyway, let's get your thoughts on this week's action. There's certainly a lot of juicy matchups here. Yeah, Derek King, he back. Um, in Alabama, they got that guy Bryce, Bryce Drew, not Bryce Drew, but um, he was the backup last year. Um, Bryce Jones, I don't know, Funhouse me, drawing a blank on his full name but he got a he's already like a millionaire with the uh with the nil deal uh so he 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 got in like backup uh what's that term when the game's out of hand just garbage time uh, (laughs) garbage time minutes and uh so i probably will still take alabama first half even though you know I haven't really followed them, uh, what they've done in the summer. And, uh, you know, the line's high. I think they're giving, like, 19 game, you know, one of those, like, Chick-fil-A games. 
you know, as you guys mentioned, when you did your college preview, Miami is kind of a fringe contender. Uh, maybe not to obviously like beat Clemson, but to, uh, you know, maybe come in second place in the ACC. I was just kind of like flicking through the channels the other day and saw one of those like inside the Miami hurricane football program, like one of those, uh, you know, 30 minute documentaries where they're like going to top golf and doing all, uh, going through the practice and the scrimmages and, uh, Manny Diaz, he's got a lot of pride. I mean, the way he left temple was kind of not, not very kosher, but we all, you, we all knew he wanted to, he wanted that Miami job. I mean, his dad was the mayor of Miami back in the day and, uh seems like he's got like good energy uh but i don't think that good energy will be enough you know i think alabama will have its way with miami over the course of the 60 minutes um just looking at these games now yeah john and john mentioned that louisiana texas game in the preview i think and that's a very sneaky good game um who knows what sarkeesian's gonna do year one and louisiana very uh formidable uh, you know is texas back is texas not back who knows but that i will be into that game i don't i won't really be that into that clemson georgia game you know to to borrow what you guys have already said like even whoever loses that game they're still in it yeah so <laughs> it's all just like it's a very superficial big game if that makes sense because look at where they're, they're, they're already ranked three and five respectively in the country. So they have plenty of time to uh, bounce back whoever loses that game. And uh, I probably root for Georgia just because I'm not a big Debo guy. I agree with John. I think UCLA will be the trendy pick. And with LSU's like dealing with the hurricane and the travel and the uncertainty at quarterback and, you know, Ed Orgeron, I know I, I think, Chip Kelly has got his team more uh, focused. And uh, it, is this his third year or fourth year? I don't know. The, whatever year it may be, this is the year where he can kind of put like a, his stamp on the team. Remember, UCLA has been kind of dreadful for a while now. Um, I know they've had some decent quarterbacks, but they really haven't put it all together, you know. Um, so, so we'll see. And, yeah, I kind of want – these like Pac-12 games against either the SEC or the Big Ten, I want them to do well just uh, just for that conference's reputation because they're an easy target to get made fun of. Uh, although Larry Scott's gone, so it's a new guy, but that conference has been just kind of forgotten about. Dave, you know all about this, and oh, yeah. it hurts your it hurts your USC reputation when USC has like. When they when USC isn't quite USC and the conference is down, then it it makes USC even less of USC. And you know USC and Oregon and to a lesser degree U Duh are kind of carrying that uh, ca- carrying the conference for the most part. But I will be like, you want to talk about the the degenerate witching? The degenerate hour uh, will be like late night Saturday or prime time for us, Dave. Between um, you know. Nevada, Cal, and, you know, that LSU-UCLA game will just be ending. Then you'll have BYU-Arizona, Nevada-Cal, New Mexico State-San Diego State, Utah State-Washington State. 
and I bet John's going to have action on all those games, uh, depending on how his day went. <laughs> and um, I'll be into that Notre Dame Florida State game on Sunday. You know, Tommy's always like, "What's this Jack Cone going to do?" I'll just watch the game. No one knows what he's going to do. Um, and who knows about Florida State this year? I mean, that team was just kind of in disarray uh, last year. Um, you know, that Norv, uh, Norvell, Mike Norvell, I think this is year two for him. So, you know, maybe he's going to start, like, his system's going to slowly start to absorb through that, you know, those players. No feel on Louisville, Ole Miss, Labor Day. Um, you know, Lane Kiffin's a very trendy coach. Uh, that team and the quarterback is going to be a pretty trendy uh, name if you know if he cuts down on those interceptions he's kind of feast or famine corral um but that should be an entertaining game i'm just looking at the line now it's it's 10 it seems a little high it's kind of right for louisville backdoor um and yeah indiana iowa i i don't think i can really get into that too much ditto with penn state wisconsin just too much uncertainty i think indiana uh, you know, they're in that hard, harder version of the Big Ten. So, you know, they took a big step last year, and, you know, that to do it two years in a row might be a, a tough ask. And then um, tomorrow, there's, like, actually a, a lot of games tomorrow. I mean, some of them are kind of, like, beyond Shern, but still wagerable. But that Boise State-UCF game, uh, I'll be into it. I wish – uh, the line was a little smaller. I, 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 I don't know if I can take Boise State on the road, but uh, laying like four and a half or five with Central Florida seems like a tough ask too. But uh, 24 hours from now, I'll be much more convinced on, <laughs> on a team. <laughs> That's for sure. And then I'm sure the board will be into Temple Rutgers for somehow, some way. That's tomorrow. And... Um, you get South Florida, NC State, just some real Shern games <laughs> to get your whistle wet. Oh, Ohio State, Minnesota, uh, row, row, row your boat, getting 14 at home. I might, I might lay a few units on on PJ. Wow. And then, okay. uh, yes. Yeah. I remember John said, do the team total on Tennessee. We're gonna do that tomorrow. Too. <laughs> Wait, which way though? You going up uh, over or under? Uh, no, I think John mentioned on the take ten, whatever the Tennessee team total is, take them rather than take ten. You could either take Tennessee giving forty five to Bowling Green, or you can bet Tennessee scoring. Oh, like, it was that um, game. Like, their, I, yeah, their okay, team total yeah. probably got to be like forty. Yeah, I, I, I looked it up. It, it's depending on what sports book you have. I think I saw it was like forty six, which Ooh. I think yeah. I wish it was like forty two instead of forty six. That's a lot of points, but. I still think they'll get there. I mean, Bowling Green is just so hideous on defense. Yeah. And you know Hypel is going to want to run that same offense he did at UCF and just run up the score. I saw they named um, Michigan transfer uh, uh, Joe Milton is their starting quarterback. So and I, I think he'll want to run up the score. I think first half over is a good bet too. Because as we saw with, with UCF, the Tennessee defense is not going to be good because just right. the system they run, it just lends itself to the defenses on the field. For so much, if if um, even if they score, like they're going to score quickly, so their defense is going to be right back out there. And it wasn't good to begin with last year, so 
I think first half over is a good pick. I saw that was like 31. I think that's a really good bet. Ooh, that's a good and then bet, I, yeah. I still do like the Tennessee team total over. I think they'll score 50 points. So um, those would be my two my two picks for, for this game because they could easily let Bowling Green backdoor cover, I right. think, late in the game. So I'm not touching the 35 or whatever it is. But I like the other two other two bets I just yeah. mentioned for that game. So. I, I know for whatever reason, I thought you were referring to the UConn game when you made that – point about the team total but it's about tennessee that's no, right that them to team total under 10 every 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 week you're you're a winner <laughs> yeah you know what though it's interesting new mexico state is playing uh san diego state team total that under whatever they, they're not gonna score i, I don't see <laughs> I mean, they couldn't score against i guess that's true utep how they can score on san diego state's defense unless it's like a fluke play and that's then, an excellent point well, that, that kind of shit happens all the time like a month <laughs> punt and they get it they get it on the one yard line and then it can fall in. But like moving the ball down the field, they will not be able to score on that defense. Yeah, so it's a it's a bad team total to, to go to go with. I love that. So what was the team total? Did you catch what the team total was for Bowling Green? Like take the under of that too. Like that they're, they're not going to. No, go. no, I think they can score. Like I said, I didn't oh, you think do think Tennessee's they can score? It's going to be terrible. Yeah, ah. that's why I think they could, I think Bowling Green could put up like twenty one, and that could be good enough to cover the spread. I didn't get that impression. That's interesting. Team total too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Yeah, so that's great. Um, good analysis there. Um, anything else, Andy, or, or um, before we move on to the picks? There's uh, just just looking at all these games. I mean, if you really want to be like a just I, I am a deep degenerate. Like some of these like FCS schools versus like not very good D1 schools. You maybe Martin. like worth a splash to <laughs> bet on, like South Dakota. South Dakota State versus uh, Colorado State, getting see. two and a half, maybe fire on that. That'll be on Fox Sports One on Thursday night. And then, uh, <laughs> really? Wow. And even Eastern Washington um, also getting two and a half uh, versus UNLV tomorrow. Um, doesn't look like that came on. I don't think it's on the screen. <laughs> didn't but, make it to the screen. But yeah, there are some. If you really want to like just chase and bet on these like random games with random teams east carolina app state i mean it is a buffet of just it's a degenerate buffet tomorrow always yeah, i love it i love it i'll say i do like east carolina plus ten and a half on that game i, I think i mentioned it in the preview app state is going to start that guy uh Chase Bryce, who played at Duke last year, I think he had five turnovers basically in every game, and I think East Carolina is improving. So um, I'll take a chance with East Carolina getting ten and a half in that game. And didn't so didn't the App State coach didn't he go somewhere? Um, he went Maybe. to Missouri. You're thinking the guy from two years ago, uh, Satterfield, I think. Yeah, he or no, I'm sorry, uh, it was Drinkwitz went to Missouri, and then Satterfield went to Louisville. So then the guy they got in this year like his second year he was like the o-line coach or something okay. so um yeah there's some continuity there but i do not i do not like this guy that they're going to start at quarterback at all and we'll see if he improves his play but just based on that alone i kind of like east carolina with the points and it's being played at, at uh panther stadium anyway so it's kind of gonna be like a home game for them so yeah we'll, we'll put a unit down on uh on the pirates for some aac love uh, plus espnu espnu <laughs> I got a nice setup now in my uh, in my place. I got this little TV, and uh, they gave me a free um, YouTube TV. Gave me this free uh, like Google uh, Play thing. 
because it's like the YouTube TV subscribers that kicked off of Roku, so they gave me this free thing. I'm like, oh, well, I, got, I don't have a TV to set it up. So I bought like this little mini TV. So now I have two TV screens for, can put one like meaningless game on that TV just to kind of follow <laughs> some we're, we're all set up for the it's Excellent. A good, it's a good time to be doing multi-screens because there's so many games going on at the same time. So that's a great spot. I love it. Um, all right, so let's. I think we're we're good for the picks. Let's go ahead and do them. All right, so we will start. Um, let's see. I guess I'll do mine first and get them out of the way. Oh, wrong section. Let me. It's a uh, preseason for me. Like, <laughs> there we go. There are my picks for week number one. Okay, so uh, week one. It's gonna be pretty basic for me. Um, I just have two picks, which of course everyone does. But my picks, I'm just gonna go with value this time. And uh, I'm going to start with this. We're going to start pretty early, actually. We're going to go into tomorrow's action. And I'm going to take... If I can find the game. Yeah. I'm going to go take Penn State getting 5.5 at Wisconsin. Now, I think that's Thursday. It could be be Friday. But I really did think that Penn State had a down year last year. And... um, I don't. I don't think they're as bad as they look, and they did rally toward the end of that uh, 2020 season. Whereas Wisconsin, I'm I'm not as clear on where they are right now. I know it's at home, and Wisconsin tends to get a lot of games at home to start the year, and usually they win a lot of those games at home. But I I just feel like this is a pretty tough opponent to start the first week of the season, and I'm not sure if Wisconsin's going to win that one very easily. So I'm going to give it a chance. Go Penn State plus five and a half to start uh, game number one. Game number two. A team that Ron liked a lot last year, if you remember, he was big on Western Michigan in the MAC, and they have one of the best offenses in college football. If you look at it based on the Football Outsiders rankings, the, F-E- the OFEI rankings, they are rated fifth in OFEI, or they were in 2020, whereas Michigan was rated like 31st. And Michigan, I don't think they've really done much to improve their offense overall. So I, I think Western Michigan's going to hang around for a long time in that game. So we're, we're going to give them. We're going to give them. We're going to give. We're, we're going to give. We're going to take the points. So we'll go Western Michigan plus 17 to go along with Penn State plus five. The Dave picks for week number one. Okay, so uh, let's see who's next on our queue. Um, we can go with Ron's picks briefly, so I'll, I'll send those out to you. So one second, let me just get over to his. Okay, these are Ron's picks. Oh, I guess I'll just leave it on my thing. Uh, these are Ron's picks. I guess I should consider that when this happened, when we have written picks. All right, so Ron's picks for week number one. Here we go. So he's actually going to go the other way on the UCLA game. I know that John and Andy were, were leaning toward LSU. He's going to go LSU giving three and a half at UCLA at the Rose Bowl for game number one. Game number two, Ron is going to go with Ole Miss giving 10.5 at home against the Louisville Ragin' Cajuns on Monday. So he's feeling the SEC love in Lane Lane Kiffin and and, and, and everything else. And their offense is really good. So to repeat for Ron, LSU giving 3.5 to go with Ole Miss minus 10.5 for week one. All right. So now we're going to go to John in Connecticut. And John... I'll be um, when you are ready. We're ready for your week number one picks in college football. All right, thanks, Dave. Um, so we're going to start off here. It's a neutral site matchup between Kansas State and Stanford, and I am going to take Kansas State laying the three points here. Um, we kind of mentioned Stanford in the season preview show a few weeks back, 
And yeah, they had a four and two year last year, but it was very much, they could have gone all in six. If you look at their four wins, they beat Cal by one point, And that was after Cal missed an extra point at the end of the game that would have tied it. They beat Washington by five. They beat Oregon State by three. And they beat UCLA by one in double overtime. So that's four wins by a combined uh, one, six, nine, ten points. So, you know, obviously kudos to them for winning the games, but you know, it, the regression is coming for that for for that kind of record. They, they were not a, a four and two kind of team. Um, so they head into this year, uh, and they're they're I'm going to get analytical on you, Dave. Their their defensive metrics were just horrible. Uh, they ranked in the hundredth in uh, success rate and explosiveness, and I don't see that really improving much uh, this year. Um, Davis Mills, their quarterback, is gone. He's now in the NFL. I do not know if he's playing quarterback for them. Um, so that's a huge loss. And then when you look at their opponent here in Kansas State, we talked about this a number of times. You, you can't read into too much for from some of these teams from last season because they were just ravaged by COVID and injuries. Um, the team that was on the field by the end of the year was not the team that started the season. Uh, look what they did at the beginning of the year when they had their full team. They beat Oklahoma on the road as like four touchdown underdogs, and then just everything went to shit after that. Um, they lost Skylar Thompson, and they just had a ton of defensive just injuries. They had nobody playing by the end of the year. So now they're going to have their their full complement of players. Uh, Thompson's a, a really good dual threat quarterback, and they have a running back, Juice Vaughn, who Stanford is not going to be able to handle. Like I mentioned, they were like 125th in success rate. Uh, which, for those of you who don't understand, like don't know the defensive metrics, success rate is basically like moving the chains, like going from first and ten to like second and four, and then third and two, and then converting it from there. So think of like um, the the service academies are the best at like usually success rate because they constantly like move the chains. So Stanford just gives that up basically every single um, every single down, and that's just not going to work here. Uh, Kansas State's a well-coached team. And I just like them in this spot. Um, you know, it's, a, it's an early kick. They're going to have kind of the home field advantage with the game being played in Dallas. And it's going to be a uh, early start for Stanford, but the body clock is going to feel like a, a 9 a.m. start. So for all those factors in the mix here, um, I just like, I think it's a, a very good value. And we'll take Kansas State laying the field goal here, minus three for game number one. For game number two, we are going to take kind of a little off the radar game, but I think this is a good pick. I'm going to take Marshall minus two and a half at Navy. Um, so Navy had just a horrendous season last year. Um, they could not run, like I just mentioned, the success rates. Uh, Navy was like 100 in success rate on offense, which as I just mentioned, for a service academy is just not good because that's what they do. They just consist consistently churn the chains and stay on schedule, and they just couldn't do it last year. Um, not to mention their their defense wasn't very good. It was just a disaster of epic proportions. And now they're playing uh, a Marshall team has a great defensive line. Um, and we, we mentioned their new coaching hire. It's really not going to be much of a downgrade from Holiday to this guy Hoff who came over from Alabama, regarded as one of the the prize hires of the offseason, really, uh, for a group of five teams. So there's going to be no drop off there. Uh, Grant Wells had a fantastic freshman season until the last couple games he, he struggled but most of the year he played great and the navy uh defense was was one of the worst against the pass last year um so we're, we expect him to do well the navy the marshall defensive line should contain the option um and not to mention 
when you have extra time to prepare for the option, you've seen how that can kind of go wrong in bowl games, number one. And remember before last season's first game against Navy and BYU, man, that was a slaughter. And uh, I'm not saying it's going to get that bad, but when you give a good coach time to prepare for the option and you have a, a defensive line that can stop it, uh, I think uh, Marshall is a, is a good pick here. So we're going to go Kansas State minus three and Marshall minus two and a half are the picks for week one of college football. John, I love it. Um, my thing, my, I think the thing that was interesting uh, as far as Navy, I mean, I remember them being really bad defensively. Is that, Do you think that's going to carry over into this year? Again, like they have, um, you know, it's hard to say with mm-hmm. how the the service academies have a lot of turnover, right? Um, but they have some returning starters, so I mean, I don't see why it would get any, you know, too much better. So right. um, it's crazy because like they can go from horrible one year to great the next. I think the last time they had a bad season, like the next year they were like ten and two. So I'm just kind of going off of last season's. Uh, performance and they do have returning starters so that's kind of where i'm feeling with okay um it's not going to be much of an improvement yeah i agree i actually agree with that because like i you know they would have a long way to go to rebound from that they looked they, they were or they had it was a kind of a rough year for them so let's go to andy and let's get your week number one picks thanks dave yeah so game number one i was like i really liked it and then they move the game. I like. I don't like it anymore. But I'm still gonna take it now. Um, I have no like stats or backup. I'm just going with just the gut here, and I'm taking Tulane. The game was actually gonna be in the Tulane building. Oklahoma was gonna travel to New Orleans, and I mentioned this to John, texting, JB alert, JB alert, texting buddies, and I was like, the Big Twelve credit, uh, they. They will go to like more remote destinations. Like Texas has played in Wyoming before. Oklahoma has played in like Tulsa before. Oklahoma has played at UTEP before. Iowa State is going to UNLV in a couple weeks. Uh, they travel. Um, and, and obviously Oklahoma was supposed to go to Tulane, but because of Ida that now they're moving the game to Norman. That's changed the line. Um, now Tulane's getting 31 and a half. Why am I taking this game? I don't know. I Tulane, the, the, the quarterback last year was decent. I think he was a true freshman. Um, I think he was lefty. Uh, but Dave, I know you love Tulane. You like that? Willie Coach Fritz. Willie. <laughs> um, their defense, like I think their defense should be okay. I think it usually, it usually is a strength. And uh, getting 31 and a half, it's you know you could get a you could get a back door they could be down 40 to 7 with 3 minutes late or 3 minutes left and you get a touchdown um it's just it's just a lot of points uh I, obviously i'm i'm not saying oklahoma stinks i'm not saying lincoln <laughs> riley suddenly forgot how to like coach offense all lincoln riley does is coach offense for the most part um so yeah, I mean Tulane could easily be walking into a buzzsaw, but uh, sign me up for Tulane getting 31 and a half for game number one, and then um, game number two. There's a lot that I could take. There's a, there will be a lot where I will be, I'll be throwing a, a lot of stuff against the wall on Saturday, hoping they stick. But for this 
program. I'm going to take San Jose State getting 14 against your USC Trojans. Um, you know, last year, uh, San Jose State was like an against the spread darling. Um, they might have covered almost every game. Maybe, maybe, maybe one game they didn't cover. Maybe all. Of it. I just know they covered everything, and they're basically returning everyone back, including the you know the eighth year senior uh, at quarterback. He's not. It's actually six years. Uh, he's been like a graduate student for two years now, uh, including all the red shirts. So he's been, you know, at different programs for a long time. Uh, Dave, you you know USC better than I do. You probably read more magazines than I did about their team. Um, I don't really know much about USC this year, um, but I just feel like San Jose State, they, they can hang. They can hang around. And 14 points is a lot. Um, I, I feel like USC, their, their coach is like their weak link. Bingo. Um, <laughs> you know. We'll That's all you need tweets. to know about them. <laughs> we'll see the tweets. And uh, I just think San Jose State, they're going to, you know, keep it close. Uh, they had a really good year last year. I should have paid more attention when you guys were talking about the Mount West to see, like, how many returners came back. I, I didn't look it up. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I'm just kind of – it's college football. I just kind of go with the flow. You know, I, I, I'll, I'm going to take San Diego State minus 31. Like, if Tommy was a guest picker, he'd give you, like, bonus picks. I think BYU minus 12 and a half could be a bonus pick. But, yes, the real pick, San Jose State getting 14, uh, as well as uh, Tulane getting 31 and a half. So two dogs to open up week one on your Labor Day weekend. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much for the picks, Andy. Those are Pretty solid stuff. I, I really like the value in both in both of those. So I think you're in a good spot. So now we're that concludes our college segment. So let's go ahead and get into let, let's now get into the NFL's like a little bit of a NFL preview, kind of a mini preview as we look at. Oh gosh, I put the wrong slide again. But <laughs> uh, right here, NFL season predictions. There we go. I'm still working with a new system, but uh, this should be a lot of fun. I mean, I think I wanted to just chat with you guys for a little bit before we, we left the air and get your quick thoughts about what what to expect this season. I think it could be could be a fun year in the NFL. I mean, we've got some fresh blood in different places. I mean, it'll be interesting to, to see where everything goes from, from here on out. So, you know, you got some ragged old quarterbacks in some places like uh, my team with, with Ben. I don't even know what he's got left. You've got Matt Stafford with the Rams. You've got, uh, and then you've got Tom Brady defending the championship with everybody back on Tampa Bay. But does that mean they're going to win the Super Bowl or go to a Super Bowl? No, it doesn't really. It's hard to really say. So, John, I mean, as we get into the week ahead, the kickoff will be about a week from tomorrow. Um, what are your quick hitters as far as what what to look what you're looking forward to in the NFL season? Oh man, I'm just looking forward to everything about the NFL. I mean, uh, how could, how can you not? It should be a, a great season. I mean, everyone can see my banner behind me. Uh, yep. Still have some PTSD thinking about that NFC Championship game. Still not going to get over that one for a little bit. So, um, obviously, very very happy that Aaron Rodgers decided to come back and play for one. I mean, you'd think it's one final hurrah for for Green Bay and to try to go and win the Super Bowl. They definitely, I think. You know, 
you could say maybe throw the Rams in there or maybe the 49ers or um, one of those teams. But I think you can clearly say the Bucs and the Packers are the best two teams in the NFC, um, you know, obviously at full strength. I mean, injuries in the NFL completely, completely change things. Um, so obviously looking forward to, to that. Um, I, I honestly, you know, we could, we could talk about every team, Dave, every team is, is interesting. Um, you know, I, I mean, do you want like a, a kind of thoughts on some different storylines that are going on with the, in, in the league? I mean, um, you know, I, I don't really don't have like quick hitting, you know, storylines that I wanted to, to, to mention. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how the the whole scenario with, um, you know, the the players vaccinated and unvaccinated, how that comes into play. Like, right. we're not going to get political on the show, but, but you know, that's what we've already seen in training camp. Right. Like, uh, Belichick says Cam Newton wasn't cut because of that, but I don't know. Like, he clearly, like, was going to miss a week of, like, practice, and he's the kind of guy that – I mean, he's the, he does he wants to know his quarterback is available. So, um, you know, we'll see about that. It would be interesting if he like hooks up with the Texans now, Cam. That is because they just they need a quarterback. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Like, <laughs> Watson's not playing there this right. year. I mean, they might they might trade him. They might just inactive him all year. And um, you know, we're you know they're starting Tyrod Taylor week one. So I think Cam Newton is. I think he's still just as good as Tyrod Taylor. I, I mean, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was uh, you know that that's going to be a storyline to follow. Um, well, I guess one of the storylines is Urban Meyer now in the NFL. I think I mentioned, I tweeted out during the uh, the game they were playing last week that it would not surprise me if he quit during the season because they just look like a complete dumpster fire, even with Trevor Lawrence. Who, listen, like you know, I think he's going to be a, an NFL quarterback. Like I'm not saying he's going to be an elite, you know, Rodgers, Mahomes. Brady kind of player. I, I kind of look at him as more of a maybe a Matt Ryan kind of career. That's kind of how I see him at the moment. But um, you know, I obviously could be wrong about that. But in any event, like he, he clearly is not going to work out coaching in the NFL. And you know, for a guy who just you know he just won games by just by Ohio State just walk on the field with their talent and just won games that way. Like he's going to actually have to coach and out scheme and outsmart other teams. And I just you know, you just don't see that happening. And you, you could see him like 14 games into the year and they're two and 12. And he's just like, all right, I just had enough of this. And, um, and just taking off at that point. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep our, keep our eyes on that. Um, you know, in the, in the AFC, I guess we're just kind of taking a look at the conferences, uh, you know, clearly the chiefs are, are your favorite again, with Mahomes and that offense, but you know, we'll see about their offensive line. I mean, that's really the one weakness on their team, and it was exposed in the Super Bowl. And if they didn't – I know they did some draft picks and made some free agency signings and whatnot, but if that's not addressed, I mean, you could have the best quarterback in the world. If he's running for his life on every single play, I mean, you're not going to do anything. Um, we'll see if the Bills can continue their kind of ascension into the elite of the NFL. I mean, you see no reason not to, not to see why they wouldn't have another good season. I mean, Josh Allen just played phenomenal last year, and – um, you wouldn't expect anything anything different uh, for this season. Um, I think those are probably your your two main contenders. Again, that the two the four championship teams from last year are going to be right there again, uh, heading into this year. Um, you know, you, you had the big trade with uh, the the Lions and the Rams, so now Stafford goes to the Rams, so they're going to be a kind of a trendy pick now. Because oh, Stafford, he was 
you know, wasting away his talents there in Detroit for so long. I mean, yeah, like he's he's a he's a, a starting NFL quarterback. Like, I don't know if him with the Rams puts them over the top to win the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, he's better than Jared Goff, but I'm not going to say that. You know, that move definitely makes them like going to win the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, that'll be a storyline to to follow for sure. Um, you know, just every every team has has their own. Uh, interesting storylines, and, and I'm sure we'll get to them all over the course of 18 weeks now, too, this year. So that's that's the other thing with yeah, the, good point. the extra game that they added on to the schedule. So, you know, when I, I mean, I, I'm probably the only one who does this, but like when I look at the schedule, like for each week, and I see those AFC NFC matchups, like I think to myself, okay, so and so team has to still play the other three teams in the division. So you kind of get that in the back of your mind. Well, now, like, all these teams are going to have a random AFC NFC game. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, I got to remember what divisions are playing each other now for that one to not count it in my head. So that's just like an OCD thing that, that I go through. But um, yeah, so they, they added those 16 extra games basically with the, with the 17th week, the 18th week. So um, we'll, we'll see how that plays into, plays into everything. Um, so yeah, I mean those are just kind of kind of some quick hitters, I guess, on on storylines for the season, and we can go into more specific if you have have any other topics. Um, no, I think that's pretty good. Thanks for that. Thanks for breaking that down. That's really comprehensive. Really good point about the season schedule being longer. I, for, I keep forgetting about that, and like, oh, this is an eleven win team, like, but eleven win team might be like a ten win team this year. You know, it's just, it's just weird. So they'll take. I will say before you move on to Andy, it's going to be so weird seeing like nine and eight for someone's record at the end of the year it just, it just doesn't feel right like they need to have 18 games i just hate like seeing an odd number like that i don't know that may again it's just like an ocd thing maybe but i just i'm, I'm just not gonna like seeing that that is gonna be weird I, I think i mean i guess that's kind of what you do with college isn't it like a, no no it's not actually yeah, not really so you're right i i can't deal with it either i want i want i want the symmetry so that is going to be tough for me too. Andy, uh, anything you want to look at as far as uh, your outlook for the season? Any predictions for you? Yeah, I'm on the same page. I like 16. I like evaluating games. I like evaluating teams like first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. You know, uh, you can kind of take in the uh, – you evaluate your team every four games. You know, they went 4-0, and they went 3-1, they went 2-2. and you know, kind of like Yankee Twitter every 10 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I just, <laughs> I was just like double checking. The London games are back. There's only two of them. You uh, want to know, unless if you already know already, but just to repeat, if you don't know or if you already do know, um, Atlanta will host the Jets on Sunday, October 10th. And then the week after that, you have the Dolphins – uh, versus the Jaguars. We'll be it on 6.30 our time, Dave. So, AM. So London games are back. <laughs> Get uh, the coffee. I don't, I don't know what gets you more excited. Uh, <laughs> Jets and Falcons or Jags and Fish. Uh, but it, they'll be back. Um, you know, just a friendly reminder uh, not to bet on preseason, but I, I had the itch on Sunday. I had nothing else to do. And uh, I, I, I had a feeling the Patriots were going to treat this game with relative seriousness because of the Cam and uh, Mac Jones situation. And the Pats were giving three, and I took them, and they're up 
22 to 14 with the ball with the minute left um and they're taking knees like around the 33 yard line they take knees and it's fourth down and the guy they miss a 54 year 54 yard field goal it was like 50 seconds left they just made that field goal feel good and what do you what happens uh glennon glennon of all people Mike Scott, <laughs> glennon 18 seconds left throws a 43 yard touchdown pass uh to make it 22 20 obviously there's no overtime in the nfl uh preseason the game the, the bet was dead uh giants didn't get the two-point conversion pats win 22 20 they were up 22 uh seven or 22 they were up by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter but that's that's why i don't bet on the preseason we did anyway um I'll be excited for the Mac Jones era. Well, I don't think anyone will get the real story of what happened to England. You know how Bill Belichick is like, Belichick is the king of, uh, you know, if the punter gets hurt, he'll be like, yes, uh, we have a plan. We have a backup plan for the punter. Uh, we won't, we don't need to divulge who it's going to be, but it'll be a punter. It's just like, <laughs> if he's very coy with like special teams, he's, yeah, he's not going to, peel back the curtain on what happened with uh cam but i i do think those like three or four days where mac jones had the first team all to himself might have been a a factor and you know you cam's kind of getting the short end of the stick but it's he's not the first and he won't be the last in the nfl you know even the biggest breakfast thread soaker doesn't isn't going to be able to like absorb a playbook between now and you know week one so wherever he goes like he'll just have to kind of have a crash course in the team's playbook so but he'll go ahead oh i was just gonna ask you what team do you think he would go to like what, what team do you think will take him i don't know i i think john john might be close hitting the nail on the head with the texans mm. but you know even if he doesn't get picked up on week one like you know there's going to be a, one or two starters that get hurt early on the season, and depth is such a uh, commodity in the NFL. I mean, I saw the other day, I don't know why, it just kind of showed up on my Twitter feed. Like, yeah, I think yesterday is when the teams had to finalize their rosters, or mon- either Monday or Tuesday, and I saw the Falcons kept both uh, – uh, Josh Rosen and some other guy. I don't know if it was Ian Book, but I, I don't know. <laughs> but whoever they were, I'm like, wow, they kept Josh Rosen and this other guy. So, like, if Josh Rosen's getting on a on a squad, Cam Newton will, will find a home <laughs> at, at some point. Uh, but in terms of storylines, you know, I think, you know, the Jet fans have reason to be excited for – uh, Zach Wilson, you know, just because of, uh, you know, he can't really go by what he did at BYU per se, but he definitely has like a, like a certain flair about him in the new coach, you know, who, who, who knows, you know, the jury is still out on, on Sayla, but, you know, I, I think they could take a step forward. I'm not just saying that to like mock the jets. I'm just, I'm just trying to be real. Like, you know, Darno didn't work out for him, and uh, 
the previous regime was kind of stale. And so, you know, let's, let's see what happens with, with these guys, you know, the giants is now I'll, I'll mock the giants. I don't I think Dan Jones is just like, he is what he is. Like he has flashes of like good, but I don't think he has any flashes of great. And the flashes of good are kind of sprinkled in between big moments of crap. Uh, so, <laughs> and then Saquon Barkley, they're kind of wasting him. I think he's hurt. Uh, Ingram, you know, for all the talent Ingram has, he seems to get hurt a lot. And uh, it just seems like uh, Gettleman is just kind of antiquated compared to like what the average GM is in the NFL now. Uh, I think the NFC West could be, you know, on paper, one of the more competitive divisions in the league because I think uh, McVay and Shanahan, they just, uh, for all their warts, they're still really talented coaches. They both like to be the smartest guys in the room. And uh, McVay's going to want to really prove that, like, it was Goff's fault and not his fault. So now he's... Now he's got Stafford, and they're going to try to rebound from last year. Although last year was still a good year. They beat Seattle in the playoff game, and kind of – I don't really remember the specifics of the Green Bay game, but no one was going to beat uh, Green Bay that day anyway. And then uh, Shanahan, he's going to want to try to take a step forward. You know, last year, like everyone, everyone on the skill position for, for San Francisco was hurt. You know, one week it was this guy, one week it was this guy. Garoppolo was always hurt. Uh, Kittle was gimpy for the most of the year. So, you know, Shanahan's going to want to have his team rebound. Seattle, I I have no clue what they're going to be doing. I know Ron posted he has him in the Super Bowl, but uh, I don't think they've signed that offensive line guy, uh, Brown, and, you know, you see how bad the Seahawks old line was in the playoff game against the Rams. You know, you guys just mentioned it. Like you can have a great quarterback like Russell Wilson, but if you can't protect him, you might as well have, uh, you know, Mark Sanchez now back there, you know, you got to have all the pieces together to protect the quarterback. Um, so, you know, we'll see how the Seahawks do. And then, you know, Kingsbury, he's a clown, but they have, you know, they have talent and, you know, you know, Matt Berry's probably saying AJ Green is a sleeper now because he's got a Kyler Murray to throw him the ball instead of, you know, the fossil that's AJ Dalton. But we'll, we'll see. I think Arizona, you know, gambler beware with Arizona. Maybe we'll do what John does, like take him as a underdog and fade him as a favorite. That, that kind of always seems to work. And I'll just, be excited to see, you know, what the, uh, what Roger, you know, Rogers might have a scorched earth attitude with green Bay, um, whether it's his last season there or not, but you know, it's hard to match their offensive talent. Um, I agree. Things might be tougher for, for Tampa Bay, uh, coming off that super bowl and Tom's a year older. And I, even though I'm still a Tom Brady fan, I'm not dumb. He's old and he, he didn't really play all that good in any of those playoff games. You know, uh, just kind of he had the rabbit, the rabbit's foot, um, as he's had in, the, in the, quite a few of these like Super Bowl games. Um, but yeah, it'll be fun. 17 games will be strange. Dave, I saw like the Steelers over under is like, I think it's like nine and a half. I, I kind of like the Steelers as an over. 
As an over? Because mm-hmm. I think I think Ben, as old and decrepit as he is, like he's still gonna chuck it. Yeah. And you know they got you know Najee the running Najee game, Harris, yeah, from your from your Alabama they tie. Can't, it yeah. can't be as you know it can only be better. Yeah, that's true. So I just saw on the screen uh, Hayden is gonna be your free agent after this year, your cornerback or you know. Yeah, he's been good. Yeah. But, um, but I know I think I think the Steelers. I like the Steelers as an over, and I think, you know, the Browns, no one's really talking about the Browns this year, um, which is nice. <laughs> because every, because Buffalo is, I think Buffalo's getting all the uh, all the attention, to right, be honest right. with you, in, in the AFC. Buffalo, and obviously KC, um, and so maybe, like, the Browns will be better uh, without all eyes on them, if that makes sense. I do think they're going to be good. I think the Browns are going to be a solid team. Tennessee's Tennessee's getting a lot of trendy talk too because mm-hmm. um, of their you know Julio Jones and yep. you know Derrick Henry is expected to just be you know the beast that he's been the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, and the AFC South is, is so bad. Uh, you know between Houston and Jacksonville, those are two doormats. So uh, you know that that's Tennessee's division just by default. You're right, because I, I did I did see a little bit of buzz about Jacksonville, but I think that's just based on Urban Meyer's name more than anything else, and also Trevor Lawrence's name. And are either one really going to be that great in one year? I don't know. I can't. I don't really have a feel for that. Um, so off the top of your head, John, if you were to pick the division winners this year, I mean, there are some obvious ones like the West. I probably would go. I mean, Kansas City, right? But. Um, just who are just off the top of your head? Who do you think would win the division in each of the divisions this year? Okay, um, so in the AFC, we'll go Buffalo. I think that's the obvious choice. We'll go Kansas City, the obvious choice. I agree with Tennessee. I, I mean, the Colts. I mean, I don't know what to make of them. Um, I mean, Carson Wentz was legit the worst quarterback in football last year by almost every metric that you looked at. So, you know, just because he's going to reunite with Reich, he's going to like turn into a great player again. Like I have to see that to believe it. So I think you got to go with Tennessee there by default. And then the North is the most interesting race, in my opinion, because, you know, you got Pittsburgh, um, Pittsburgh, Cleveland and Baltimore. Um, Yeah. I'll go with the Browns. I, I mean, I really like what they've been building there. And I, you know, I think, uh, and the, the Ravens did add some more offensive talent for Jackson, but um, I don't know. I, I still think he has his limitations when it comes to being a quarterback. And actually, you know, obviously he's a great athlete and can do great things with his legs. It's just he's struggles from time to time with, with passing the ball. And, you know, obviously they surrounded him with more, with more uh, weapons here in the offseason. But I, I just think the Browns were a much well-rounded team. And, yeah, I do think Pittsburgh's on the decline, but that that's an interesting over-under for them. Like you guys mentioned, I that's going to be very close. I, it'll be like mini eight between eight, nine, and ten. It just depends on if you know Ben misses any games or um, you know somehow they they just pull one out that they shouldn't. But uh, I'll go with the Browns to, to to take that division. I think they're they're definitely an up and coming team. So those would be my four in the AFC and the NFC. I think obviously Green Bay is the safe choice in the North, um, the South. I think you've got to go with Tampa Bay. I do think Sean Payton made the right call though. Like if he was going to 
throw Taysom Hill out there for 16 games. I mean, you know, the, the, he's just not an NFL quarterback. I mean, he's fine for the role that he does. But he's just not a 17, 16 game starter. I mean, Winston, like, yeah, he is a, you know, he'll throw some interceptions, but he, he can get the ball down the field. Like, just think about it. Like, they did not have that with Drew Brees last year, and um, they can actually have a quarterback that can make 40-yard passes now down the field. I mean, he might throw some interceptions, obviously, but uh, he, he made the right call there. But I do think the Bucks will, or in the end, will probably probably win it. And then the other two divisions are completely up for grabs. Um, the West, I, I'm not picking Kingsbury, and certainly um, – you know, it's between the, the Rams, the Seahawks, and the 49ers. You know, the 49ers, if they get better injury luck, I think they'll be right there. I mean, you saw it two years ago when they were healthy. They were in the Super Bowl. So, you know, why can't they get back to that? I think Seattle's still kind of held back by their offensive line. And, and you know, Carroll's coaching just boggles your mind sometimes. Um, so I'll, I'll go with the 49ers just to be a little bit different. I think even if uh, – I, I think Trey Lance is an interesting prospect. Um, they're talking about putting him in, you know, like starting him, but they kind of have a team that's ready to win now. Like, I don't know if you want to kind of gamble with that unless you really know that you have a, a superstar player. Like, if they have, a, a like, a lot of injuries and they get off to a bad start, then, like, yeah, throw them in there. But I think you got to go with Garoppolo to start the season and, and see what happens. So I'll go with the Niners just, just based on that, and I, I think, you know, we'll get them to, to return to their – kind of form especially on defense like they had a couple of years ago and then the nfc east is our favorite division to talk about on on this program um i don't know it's put all these teams in a hat and just pick one i mean i'm not picking the cowboys just because of mccarthy i think he's i think he's clueless you know Dak will probably be you know throwing for 500 yards again a game i mean there'll be a great fantasy team uh for fantasy football but i, I you know real life team i don't know the Eagles, who the hell knows with them, with this guy that they got from the, the Colts as their head coach. I had, I had never heard of the guy before they hired him. And they're going to go with Jalen Hurts. I mean, he showed some ability last year and a few games he started. But, I mean, I don't know. He was better than Carson Wentz, but who wasn't last year? Um, the, uh, the Giants, I think, uh, you know, you had players quitting the team before the season starts because they didn't want to play for Joe Judge. So, I think by default, I'll just go with Washington just because – I think Rivera is the best coach of the four, and um, you know they have some some a great defensive line, and it's kind of what you need in the NFL. And you know, if it's magic, we'll give you it'll give you eight good games. So I think it's you know it's all you need in the NFC East to, to win the division. So um, I'll go with Washington. So we'll go Washington, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, um, San Francisco, and then Kansas City, Cleveland, Tennessee, and Buffalo. So I had, I had a couple. Um, off the wall choices, but I think those are your eight eight division winners for this year. Those and a few other teams that I mentioned, I think, are the are the are the clear wild cards in each conference. So, like, you know, those teams in the NFC West will be right there. Um, and you could see maybe the Saints challenging for a wild card. Uh, the Vikings will probably challenge for a wild card. Um, and the NFC and the AFC is pretty pretty wide open. You have those three again; those three, three teams in the North. Um, will be in the mix for wild cards uh, the Patriots probably will be around 500 so they're, they're a wild card team um and then uh in the west I you know maybe maybe the Chargers could be could be a wild card team we'll see yeah. how Herbert does in the second year mm-hmm. so the wild card races would be interesting but I, I think I like those choices that I made for uh for the division I particularly like your San Francisco choice that's a pretty savvy pick because like it seemed like that team would have been fine if they didn't get hurt 
Like, and I think you should give Garoppolo another chance. So I'm, I'm actually with that a pick. That's a good one. So let's see, Andy. Let's give it to you and give the same predictions. What do you like for each of those divisions? Yeah. So I'll, uh, I'm gonna wave the pom poms for the AFC East and just give me a dose of that New England magic. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to like substantiate other than I think they're going to scale down everything. They, they got four. I, I said this on the board, Dave, like P dot said they, the giants had nine starting corners. Like, Patriots got four, four pro bowl running backs. No, they don't got four, but they have, they have depth. They got, they got Damian Harris. They got the rookie who was, uh, the starter for Oklahoma last year, he missed half the season because he failed the drug test, but he was the fourth round pick. Uh, Belichick loves him. They, they're comparing him to like a LeGarrette Blount with better hands. And then they've got James White, who's been there forever. And then the rook or the second year guy, uh, Taylor, who was on Arizona, who was an Arizona Wildcat, a little skinny guy, uh, you know, tiny, not tiny, but for an NFL standard, you know, like a small running back scat back but uh so that's four running backs and uh we'll see i know they're you know gilmore isn't gonna play until like the end of october um but yeah j- give me give just to be different give me new england for the asc east i will uh check on a checker uh with john on the browns coming out of the north um tennessee titans out of the south and you know i th- it'd be foolish not to say the chiefs are going to win the west but i think yachts chargers are going to be very good this year sorry yachts in advance um <laughs> but, but you know they they might be nine and eight but who knows i i i think the chiefs are going to win the west and i just double checked the over under for the Steelers is actually eight and a half d so i like that even better uh, i'm gonna have to get nice. that in after <laughs> And then for the NFC, yeah, with the East, it's like I I, I still – I wish the Eagles kept Peterson just because, like, of how much of, like, that team was just in disarray week in and week out. I mean, they – I wish they had they, – they, they couldn't keep Wentz and Peterson together. Bring the band back for one more. Like, <laughs> absolute mess. But they're gone. Um, I – I think like the they're all it's four turds, you know. You got some mm-hmm. hot turds and stale turds in that division. I think Washington might be the most consistent turd of them all. Gun to the head, uh, fits magic. Uh, so give me Washington out of the East, uh, Green Bay out of the North. Uh, I think in the South it gonna. You know, depending on how, like, how inconsistent, consistent Jameis Winston is, it's going to come down to the Saints and the and the Bucks. Uh, and Sean Payton's a total ass clown. We know this. We're going to say it, like, 9,000 more times this year on the program. But uh, like Mike said on the Simmons podcast, I think Drew Brees, like, held them back in the last couple of years. You know, Winston, if Winston can just kind of keep, like, bad Winston like in check they'll be they'll be good and uh yeah it's either gonna be Tampa Bay or New Orleans you know what give me give me Tampa and then in the west I mean 
you asked me this like an hour ago, I'd say Seattle. You're asking me now. I might say the Rams. <laughs> I mean, give me, give me the Rams for the West. Ah, oh, going to the Rams. Interesting. The Rams. Stafford is like, I mean, I'm not going to say poor Stafford. I mean, the guy's had a great career. Um, but maybe with the new, you know, new scenery, if not now, when for Matt? Right. Yeah, I, I hear that. I, I actually do like the setup for him. I wish I had seen any of him in preseason. I, I went to one game at SoFi. It's a beautiful place. It's a great place. But, um, but as far as like seeing him, I have no read on him because I didn't see him play in the preseason game. He was there. They were going with all the bet the backups. But I feel like if he gets good protection, we'll like his chances. It's just hard to make that evaluation right now. So. Uh, I like all your picks, you guys. That's, those are pretty good. I mean, literally, you could pick any t- team in the NFC West, and I would have told you it was a good pick. But I think Rams and 49ers are particularly savvy choices because I think a lot of people would pick Seattle. Like, oh, well, they go to the playoffs all the time. And then Arizona, same scenario. Like, they were kind of in the mix. So let me give you mine. I'll be quick. So, yeah, the AFC East is easy. I think we're going we're gonna to go with the Bills. I mean, they, they would at worst be maybe 9-7 and seven, at worst. So that, they're going to be good. 17 games. Oh, right. All the extra games. All the extra games. 18 games. So that means nine wins means they're 500. So let's say 10. I forgot about that. Jeez. Let's say 10. All right. So uh, AFC West, we're going to go with the Chiefs. Although I do think the teams are starting to figure them out. So I would not be surprised if the Chargers snuck in there. So just just a a little footnote. AFC North, I'm going to do the homer pick. I'm going to pick the Steelers. Uh, feed off of Andy's idea of taking the over for the, the win total. We'll see how it goes. just depends on how healthy Ben is, really. South, yeah, Titans, easy. And then NFC, fairly straightforward. I'm going to go with the WFT for the East. I will go with the Rams for the West. I will go with the Pack for the North. And the South, I will mirror everybody else, and I'll go with Tampa Bay. So... Uh, that's about it. I don't really have anything else to add to that. Um. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll give it to you for final thoughts. And John, I'll go to you first. Yeah, great to be back and actually talking about some games. And we're kind of in a, I wouldn't say a sense of normalcy, but like it feels like a normal football season right now. I mean, that could change in weeks or months, but um, you know, looking forward to it all. And the bets will be being fired off this weekend and uh it'll be a fun time um and also you know i know this is a football show but excited for the pga tour season to end this weekend at the tour championship so we will definitely be keeping our eyes on that as well um it's been a great golf season and if you folks are golf fans as well um you know they had the, the funky format with the starting strokes this weekend uh, with the PGA Tour, like the FedEx leader Cantlay is starting like 10 shots ahead of the last guy. I mean, you could debate for hours how like to, to, to set up that format. And, it, you know, there's no right answer, but I think it's definitely an interesting wrinkle and uh, definitely looking forward to that. So um, should be a great weekend of sports. And uh, Dave, we'll look forward to being back here next week for um, some more picks and we'll get some NFL picks uh, for week one next week weeks so yeah um good times ahead and uh, thanks again for having us on absolutely john and and i, I mirror your statement sentiments on the golf too i mean that was a very exciting week 
last week with the playoff, and it went six holes, and Cantley outlasted DeChambeau. It's a pretty, it was a pretty good, that was a pretty good round. Um, so Andy, let's give it to you for final thoughts too. Yeah, I'll be uh, echo the golf thoughts. Um, you know, then we're gonna have some sneaky good golf tournaments coming up. The next week the BMW uh, European event, then a couple like Rolex series, like. Uh, maybe like the Italian Open or whatever. But all this to say, the Ryder Cup at the end of September, we will be into that. I'm sure you guys will too. Uh, I'm not anti-American, but I, there'll be a lot of value betting on Europe. You know, they're going to like, do you think Tommy knows who like McIntyre is from uh, from Scotland? He's going to make the team. Rob, I think it's Robert McIntyre or somebody. Or uh, Guido Mugliosi from Italy. I think he's going to make the team too. <laughs> so <laughs> there's going to be some like really uh, unfamiliar names on the European team. But uh, who knows? I I just you know the, the Americans just sometimes can't get out of their own way with the Ryder Cup. But there'll be uh, a great venue out in Wisconsin. LT. I don't think the pontoon will be there, but uh, he'll be there in spirit. Uh, so Ryder Cup coming up. Uh, good luck to both you guys. Uh, Dave, I'm sure you're going to be back in John's contest, yeah? Because 100%. Got, Just got to send him the payment. Yeah, everyone else has unfinished business with you. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's, that's what everyone right. says. Yeah, that's right. Last year. That's right. Dave was the champion to defend his title. So I will say we have 22 players for this year. So a little upgrade in participation, which is awesome. So a bigger pool. Ideally, if I can get two more people before uh, next week, 24 would be um, more ideal, but you know, we'll make it work with any, any even number. So uh, glad to have you guys back in. It should be should be another fun. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, Tom, Tommy, if he's listening, should sack up and get in, you know, 100 bucks here, 100 bucks there. And, you know, maybe you get some – it's always good, like, just to get a little taste of a winning – because you know it's right before Christmas, and that always helps. So we'll be into that, and then yeah. In closing, you know the Mets winning streak kind of ruins it, but gosh, they uh, they can't get out of their own way. But just like Alonzo says, believe, smile, and be lucky. You get to watch baseball every day. <laughs> be here. That's one to end on, Andy. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much for the picks, and good luck, everybody, this weekend. It should be a really fun weekend of football. So I'll catch you guys next week. Take care, everybody. All right. Thanks for having us. Good luck. Good luck. Thanks, everyone. Good luck. All right. That's Andy. That's that's John, and uh, that's our show tonight. Thank you very much for for tuning in, everybody. We are simulcasting on YouTube. Uh, we have been sad, simulcasting on YouTube tonight. And, of course, we have our podcast. So if you missed any of our past episodes, we had a really great tribute for our friend, the late marquee and that was a couple days ago you can catch the replay here on youtube or on or at ditcow.com and so my thanks to all of you for your continued support of the uh, ditcow experience i am dave medina you can catch us on twitter at ditcow on the web at ditcow.com apple podcast look for dave in the city out west and as you mentioned we're on youtube youtube.com slash ditcow as well So have a great football weekend, everybody. Enjoy your Labor Day, and we will see you next time.